From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Epidemiologists from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health recently reported on the largest ever cluster of advanced black lung disease in people from a region in Virginia, Kentucky, and West Virginia, an area that has had some of the most productive coal mining. Scientists at Upstate are examining the link between mine dust exposure and severe lung disease in miners and are here today to talk about that research. We have Dr. Gerald Abraham, a professor of pathology, and Dr. Soma Sanyal, an assistant professor of pathology. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Let's start with a description of what black lung disease is. It sounds awful. What, what is it? Well, black lung disease is the lay name given to uh, the disease that has been described for many, many years that develops in coal miners. So their lungs, as a result of inhaling a lot of coal, look black when they're examined at the time of a surgical procedure or at the time of autopsy. So, From the the inside or the whole organ? The the lung can look black from the outside of the lung, and then when it's cut, it can look black from the inside, just because of the accumulation of black dust from coal mining in it. Okay. Is coal mining the only way you get it then? Is that why it's... Coal mining is sort of by definition the cause of black lung disease. It refers to the dust-related disease in coal mining. The the technical term for diseases from dust inhalation is pneumoconiosis, which just means lung disease from inhaling dust. Okay. Do all coal miners get it, though? Or, I mean... Well, if they inhale enough mine dust, they develop mild, moderate, or very severe disease. Uh, so often it's very mild and not, not causing any symptoms. So as, as Jerry said, like pneumoconiosis is a big term, which includes uh, disease in the lung caused by different kinds of dust. And so coal dust is one of the dust which causes a kind of pneumoconiosis, which in um, simple terms is called black lung disease. Do we know what determines whether a person gets sort of a mild case of it or a, a more advanced case of it? Is it is it based on how much they breathe in or or not? Well, uh, when we say black lung, or in um, medical terms, we call it coal workers pneumoconiosis. Um, that includes a different kinds of disease, like as uh, Dr. Abraham said, mild, moderate, or severe. Uh, So even the mild disease, when the lungs are cut, they may look black because of all that coal. But the severity is not because, like rated not by the color, but by how stiff the lung becomes. So the stiffer the lung becomes, the more severe it is. Can you explain, Jerry? So does that mean, if, it, if a lung is stiff, does that mean a person has trouble breathing? Yes. So the reason it's stiff is because there's extra collagen or fibrous tissue deposited as a result of the injury from the dust in the mine. The mine dust is often a mixture, not just of coal, but of the rocks that surround the seams of coal. And that's very important because that may be related to what's changed in recent years as the mining technology has changed. They're mining more of the rocks around the seams of coal than just the coal itself. So one of the most toxic things in the in the rocks around the coal is silica or quartz, and that can produce its own disease called silicosis. 
and that's often a mixture with the coal and the more silica there is it's, it's been known for a long time that the more severe the scarring or f stiffness of the lungs may be. How would a coal miner learn that they have black lung disease before they die? How, I mean, would there be other symptoms? Well, yet yeah, from symptoms, they would have shortness of breath first uh, okay. with exertion. And then later on, as it's more severe, they may be oxygen dependent, uh, even at rest. Um, the, the other way it's found is by chest x-rays. So there's a whole international system of reading chest x-rays that was developed by the NIOSH and the International Labor Organization, ILO, and uh, that's a standard way to grade the severity. So generally, you know, the more exposure someone has had, the more likely they are to have disease, and then within that, the exposure quality matters. So the, if it's less silica, they're less likely to get severe disease than if they've had more silica in the coal. But these are things that aren't completely understood, and one of the reasons this project is going on. Is there any way to treat it or to reverse the damage? Well, once I guess once it becomes so severe that a person has like severe disease, lung transplantation is the only solution. Um, at um, lower levels of exposure, prevention is the best. Uh, cure, as they say. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about this um, cluster of cases um, that have come to light recently. Is are, are we just seeing more of this black lung disease in coal miners now? And if so, why? Well, one of the thoughts as to why it's being seen more severe now is because of the change in technology, mining uh, shorter, narrower seams of coal and including more of the rock around the coal with more silica exposure. Uh, the disease was under on the decline after regulations were put in place with the Occupational Safety and Health Act back in around 1970. So then the new regulations were set and the severity of the, and occurrence of the disease declined. But then more recently, people who have been following the miners with the chest x-rays have seen this more severe disease showing up in people with lesser years of exposure than before and much more severe, even fatal disease or disease requiring transplant uh, more in the recent years. So this, this is what uh, needs to be figured out as to why this is happening. Well, you mentioned, I mean, occupational safety and health, aren't there regulations to protect workers from this in particular? So that was the act in 1969 where they had a, the exposure levels were determined. Um, but I believe later on another, they, they've actually recommended a lower level which never went into effect or something. And, uh, and then in the meantime, since 2000, they have started noticing, like as you said, more severe disease. Um, the, the, it, it was actually falling, the, the prevalence was falling. And since 2000, they have uh, seen, they have started seeing more severe disease in younger people. And there is a little clustering of these cases. They tend to occur in like smaller mines. Geographic uh, cluster? Yes, there's a geographic okay. clustering also. 
uh, and um, as you mentioned in the beginning, like uh, Western Virginia and Eastern Kentucky, and they tend to occur in smaller mines, like smaller underground mines. Um, and Interesting. Well, I want to hear about your um, work in the study. Uh, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Gerald Abraham and Soma Sanyal about the increase in severe lung disease among coal mine workers. So let's talk about uh, Upstate is one of nine institutions with scientists who are looking at this recent increase. So can you explain to me the role that you play in that? It, it, it was recognized by the scientists who've been interested in occupational lung disease for a long time from many parts of the world uh, that it needed a, a very broad approach. So starting with epidemiologists who are looking at where are these people with a severe disease located and recruiting some of these patients to come into the study to be uh, interviewed in more detail and to find out more about what their exposures were. Those are the epidemiologic questions. And then people to look at their radiology. So there's clinicians and radiology experts involved and pathologists to try to look at the actual lung tissue from people that have either had a lung transplant or some that have uh, died and had autopsies. And there's also mineralogists and geologists involved from the U.S. Geologic Service in Colorado and from Virginia Tech, where there's people who are actively going to mines and collecting dust samples to see how they are maybe different in mines where there's more of this disease than others, and to try to figure out what it is about the dust, whether that's changed. And there's pe people from Canada that have expertise in this, and even some from South Africa, where there's a lot of experience with uh, mining-related diseases in general. So it has taken this real international group, I think, as you said, it's nine different institutions, that are involved, and, and our institution has become involved because of uh, the interest that, that I've had over many years and that Dr. Sanyal has had uh, working with me here and uh, looking at the actual tissues to see what kind of dusts and how much dust is, is in people's lungs. So we'll be receiving uh, lung samples from the people that are enrolled in this study eventually. And so then are you able to look at these tissue samples and discern how many types of dust are in them? So what we do, so our, uh, our role is twofold. Like one, as a pathologist, we look at the regular tissue stains that uh, pathologists look at. So by that, we are able to kind of give a broad, uh, we can see some dust, but not all kinds of dust. And um, uh, Dr. Abraham's lab has the electron microscope, the scanning electron microscope which we use to look at the tissue, like very small-sized minerals and metals and whatever there is in the tissue. And we can even um, kind of try to say where it is exactly, like almost like which cell this uh, mineral is present. And uh, that's how I got involved in his lab right before my residency, <laughs> looking at such tissues. Have you uh, seen anything that surprises you in this yet or anything that was unexpected? For this study? For this study so well, far? Well, the, this study just started in January, so we haven't looked at any of the tissues from this study yet. One just arrived that we will be studying starting next week, I guess. But uh, what's been seen in a study that was reported a couple of years ago uh, of some of the people in this big project is that there's a lot of silica 
obvious and there's a lot of uh, reaction to that silica in the lungs so it's it's very clear that these people have had heavy silica exposure as well as the coal exposure but exactly why they're having it and how it correlates with the severity of their disease will be something we learn a lot more about in this study. How long does the study take? Or is it projected to take? Well, it's funded for three years. So it started in January of 2018 and it goes through January of 2021. And so at the end of that time, will there be, um, is there like a goal at the end of that time to be able to say, I don't know, come up with recommendations to, to prevent this or what's the overall goal? Are we supposed to uh, get at least 100 cases? But that's like the upper limit, I would say. Um, because each case will have multiple tissues submitted. And from there, we'll have to... Because it's it's going to be time-consuming to study, like, you know, so many each. particles in each case and more than one specimen in each case. So that's a lot of tissue there. Right, and hopefully we'll have a lot more information on what is in the tissues of these miners that develop the severe disease. We'll also be looking at a historical sample of miners that worked before the regulations changed, and these were part of a study that was begun back in 1970. It's a national coal workers autopsy study. So in Morgantown, West Virginia, there's several thousand samples from miners who have had autopsies as part of that study. So some of those will be selected for comparison of what the pattern of scarring looks like in the lung and what the kind of dust looks like and how much there is. So we'll be analyzing those as well. So it'll give us a much better idea of what's different now than was going on before the severity seemed to have accelerated. In fact, the disease is referred to often as accelerated or rapidly progressive pneumoconiosis or rapidly progressive black lung disease, if you will. Could it uh, lead to uh, the discovery of a new way to protect coal miners from developing this? Potentially. Um, basically, if we go back to the very basics of occupational medicine, the primary thing is we know these are preventable diseases. You don't have the exposure, you don't get the disease. So ultimately, the exposure has to be reduced, whether it's from having better ventilation or filtration or respiratory protection if the particles have suddenly over the years or not suddenly but over the years have gotten very small so that the current protective devices don't work as well that may be something that comes out of this that's one of the hypotheses that has been proposed interesting well thank you so much both of you for being here uh, my guests have been doctors gerald abraham and soma sanyal i'm amber smith for upstate's podcast and talk show health link on air